Blog Talk Radio. It is June 27th, 2020. And, you know, sometimes when there are great truths that we are called back to again and again and again, we need to pay attention to those things. I have several times over the years of this program, including the very first episode, discussed the passage in 1 Corinthians 13. It is an important passage. It is a pivotal passage. No matter how you feel about its context, it has something to share with everyone. It is very much similar, and I think I may do another program at some point about the golden rule and how that shows up in so many spiritual traditions. 1 Corinthians 13 calls all of us to the highest versions of ourselves. 1 Corinthians 13 describes what many of us believe God is, however you choose to name God. God is very difficult to name. Some people say spirit. Some people think of angels. Some people use the term universe or multiverse. Some people have, there are a multitude of ways of thinking about the divine. There, there are male and feminine aspects to the divine because we are all a part of the divine. We are indivisible in the divine. If you believe in your tradition that God is omnipresent, that God is everywhere, we can never be separated either from God or from one another. And when we stand in front of one another and use yet another term from another tradition, namaste, 
What does that mean? It means that we recognize the divine in one another. These truths matter so much because they call us to the greatest thing there is, which is love. So I'm going to once again revisit this passage because it is very much worth repeating. I don't care if someday I end up with 25 or 30 shows over the years on this passage. Every time it's spontaneous and different. Some elements are shared. Some interpretations grow. It's based in the context of our times. We find ourselves in a time which is pivotal for us. And there is no better time to revisit what love is, who we are, what it means to love unconditionally, which may be one of the most challenging things we are called to do, and yet children do it naturally, very young children, and we can too. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I will stop. Speaking and standing in the strength and power of unconditional love is the most powerful thing that any of us can do. I choose to stand in the space unconditional love. I am an imperfect human being. We all are. When we're here on this earth, we are blinded to who we all truly are inseparable from the divine, which is in many spiritual traditions, very much so in Christianity, for those who sometimes tend to think there's a separation. I mean, if God is everywhere, God is everywhere. You cannot get away from that if that's what you believe. And it makes every bit of difference. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. That's verse 2. Everything we do, everything we say, albeit imperfectly, needs to be about love. It needs to be immersed in love. Love, there is nothing more powerful. How many people believe that God is love? How many of us were taught that? How many of us choose to hope in that? Even if we don't have a spiritual condition or tradition, how many of us want to be the highest versions of ourselves, the most empathic, the most loving. When we're in that space, that's when we solve problems. 
that's when we come together and we find our way. When we're not in that space, we're going to lose our way. That's what's going to happen. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. How many times are, you know, if you're doing something just because it looks good or, you know, giving, there's several verses about this and, you know, multiple traditions. When we give of ourselves, whether we're giving something material or of ourselves, of our souls, of of who we are, we need to remind ourselves about love. Because if it's for any other reason, we gain nothing. That's what this verse says. Love is the way. Love is incredibly important. And that's why I'm here today. Continuing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. This verse, think about this for a minute. Love is patient. What does that mean? You know, how many times in our lives and really in the entire history of our civilization have we grown impatient how many times have in the past several years people felt impatient 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 how does that make you feel does it make you feel good i mean there's been this impatience that's everywhere and somehow um you know some of us are not as caught up into that. There's there's a peace when you get beyond impatience. That doesn't mean that you say, okay, you know, I'm just going to think about all these unloving things. That's not what it's about. Love is patient. It gives people time to find common ground which is incredibly important. You know, the history of our civilization has, I mean, it's just filled with periods of conflict. And there have always been those who speak of love. And it requires patience. It requires courage. Love is kind. Well, that's pretty simple. Empathy, empathy, that's what kindness is. What's it like to consider walking in the shoes of another? That's true kindness. That's empathy. It's not about judgment. It's about what would it really be like, because what does it say next? It does not envy. It does not boast. So there's a space there 
of togetherness. It is not proud. Verse 5. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's a really powerful set of phrases there. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Because what is it? It's unconditional love. Does unconditional love say that, you know, we just accept all kinds of um, dark ways of treating one another and... um, You know, of course not. Unconditional love is that space where we are together as imperfect human beings. And it's incredibly important. So many wars on this planet have gone on for centuries because of one form of vengeance or another. It doesn't mean that we don't change. That's our goal, is to change and live in an amazing space that's there for us when we understand love. I don't claim to understand it. I try. I speak of it. Am I a perfect person? No, of course not. We all have things we need to work with. But if we call ourselves back to love, which I'm doing right now, I am speaking to myself as much as to you. And let me tell you, those of you who are listening to this across time, whenever you're listening, you are here with me right now. I feel your presence now. And there's a space for us. You know... There's an old song, um, West Side Story, the old movie. There's a place for us. What is that song really about? Where do we meet? What is that place? What is that place? In fact, that might be a good story to revisit that movie. And, you know, I... I'm sure there are some things in it that are anachronistic and or that are of its time. Let's put it that way. I don't know if that's the wrong term there. And so I don't remember everything in the movie, but I will tell you that it has something about finding that space, that place, and the dream of what that is and where we can be together in harmony learning from one another teaching one another in a space of unconditional love that's what that is notice it keeps no record of wrongs that's you know it's not judgmental unconditional unconditional it's kind of like um, 
you know, when people, for example, go through a marriage therapy, there's a type of marriage therapy where people put behind them whatever went wrong and they just start again. They start again in a space of love. This can happen in our entire, if if we had listened to this through the centuries, where would we be now? It would be an amazing space. Verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Now see, that's important. It doesn't define evil, but I think that We have a feel for evil, no matter what your tradition is. Some people define it in a very specific, personified way. And certainly there are other verses in this book that are very much on that that path. Others define it more symbolically. But what it really is, that's where you need the golden rule, it's the opposite of the golden rule. You know, if we are just, when we don't care, when, you know, we're intentionally harming one another, um, when that's, you know, that's all that we're caught up in. And it can also mean deceptiveness. Listen to this verse, you know, about rejoicing with the truth. How often are we rejoicing with the truth these days? The truth isn't always so easy to find. Often the truth has nuances. We're all learning a lot of new things, and I hope that we're continually learning and growing in a space of love and empathy. And rejoicing with the truth means... I don't want to be blinded. I want to see the truth. And so often in our day and age, you know, you turn on the news and it's just the truth is hard to find. You may see some small piece of the truth, but what is the truth? And even, you know, all the things of the day that we think about, what is the fundamental truth that we're talking about here? The truth with a capital T. And it is love, 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 love. How many times do we need to be called back to love? I mean, it's really that simple. You don't need a lot of words. You don't need a lot of words. I may be using some words today, but really, that word love captures a lot of it. as long as we listen to what it is. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. How many of us today are in this space? Now, to be fair, it's hard to be in this space None of us can be in this space all the time, but there's something important here. It always protects. You know, that's like a nurturing parent. 
you know, and patience comes into play there. But it also means, you know, protecting one another. What does it mean to protect? And what does it mean to truly care about one another so that we can find our way forwards in a loving way? Always trust. Now, that's in short supply. Where has trust gone? So many of us don't trust anymore. We don't trust each other. We don't trust the news. We don't trust much of anything. We maybe don't even trust ourselves. Of course, we're imperfect human beings, so that's pretty common. And nobody, nobody can perfectly trust in this world. But being trusting is something that is often equated with being naive or, you know, something belittled. And yet being trusting is an incredible strength, especially if you trust in love, in just how important love is and what it means for all of us. Always hopes. That requires patience. It's easy to give up hope these days. It's not easy to be on this planet. And many of us find our way back to hope. Usually, it makes no sense. But we find our way to hope. Always perseveres. We never give up. We never give up. We know that there is a higher ground. We know that it is reachable. We know that we can see the divine in one another and all around us and beyond us. That's so often misinterpreted as well. And here I'm just giving my own spiritual interpretation is that for me, God is not so easy to define because there is that aspect of God that is higher than anything I can conceive as a human being. And it's very personal, too. That aspect of God loves us even while being a part of us. It it can seem rather difficult to understand and comprehend. Like, how can you comprehend something that you can can see outside of yourself and yet is within you. And really, it's the same thing with seeing one another. We are, each and every one of us, special human beings. And we are here on this planet for a reason. And every single one of us is loved more than we could even begin to imagine. And through knowing that, That's how we can love one another. That's how we can stand on the highest ground that we can possibly find that is available to us. And all it takes is love. 
And it never gives up, ever. We will never give up. Once we know that love is there, that love is real, that love is powerful, we never need to give up. We can persevere through anything. No matter how much we are tested, individually and collectively, hoping and persevering, they go together. And when you talk about rejoicing with the truth, that's knowing. Knowing goes beyond hope, although it fuels hope. We can get there. It's what we really want. We want to be in this space together. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. I just want to once again say, love never fails. There is something very important in that. In our imperfect human lives, it can seem like love fails all the time. But real love, divine love, that love that is almost so astonishing, not almost, is so astonishing, we cannot even comprehend how powerful it truly is. That love can never fail. If that love could fail, we would be lost. And we're not lost. Civilizations can get lost, for sure. They come and they go. But love can never fail, ever. And when we leave this life, that's an important reminder as well, that love will never fail us. That would contradict this verse. You know, I'm probably going to do another program soon about prophecies because I do study prophecies and um, not just, you know, I've studied um, prophecies of women. I've studied fraudulent prophecies, things that are attributed to people that really they didn't say, but sometimes they still say something important. Um, There are a lot of prophecies that are really scary. One of the reasons I had started researching prophecies some years ago, and I think this show, the live feed's about to go down, and I am going to continue because this will go on past the live feed. I do appreciate those of you who have been here live. I appreciate Blog Talk Radio for placing this on the front page after such an absence. Let's see where we're at right now. Yes, um, just in the number three slot under live shows. Thank you. I am not boasting. (laughs) Oh, maybe a little. I'm a human being. There you go. See? You look at those things and you say, you just, how can, can we 
just look at ourselves honestly sometimes and say, yeah, you know, there's a little of this, sure. And and then work with it. But anyway, I am thankful because I think this is an important message today because Blog Talk Radio goes out to people of all spiritual persuasions, all backgrounds, and the intention of today's show is to reach a wide swath of people. so that we can find a space of sharing what we really do believe and feel. Because under the surface, we really do love one another more than we often tend to know. Necessarily, we do. We are indivisible in this space of divine love. So... Thank you, those of you who've been here live. I'm going to continue. If you want to hear the rest of the show, um, just listen to it in a little bit. It'll be done probably in 15 minutes, I'm guessing. And the whole thing will be in the archive. Okay, so what else does this particular verse says? It basically says, um, you know, it really doesn't matter. Eventually, there's nothing more we can say. You know, many of us, may be very eloquent, but love calls us even higher. What about the kind of understanding that goes beyond words? That is where you find empathy. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Now, earlier we spoke of truth. Some truths are very fleeting. They only matter in the moment. Others, however, can never change. There aren't very many of those. Really, the only knowledge that won't pass away is love and our being inseparable from it. I'm sure when this life is all done, and there are many who have spoken of this in different ways, we will review what happened in our lives and we'll see things that were imperfect, but I actually really believe we'll see areas where we grew, where we tried, where we failed, then we tried, then we failed. And the biggest lessons won't have to do with our achievements. They'll have to do with how we navigated as human beings, and we will see a lot of imperfection. I mean, I certainly raise my hand, again, for being imperfect. And yet, I also, as time goes on, see how I'm growing over time and that's what we'll all see and we'll see it in different ways how we've related to one another how the whole civilization is growing and but ultimately these things will pass away i mean they won't matter so much anymore and we'll go on to whatever we go on to which i believe that you know we are special we are a part of 
were indivisible from God. And of course, God, if you, you know, yet another word that many can share, creator. You know, we share in the potentials of that creative energy. That's who we are, and we can feel it here too. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, and this is a particular translation. I actually pulled this from one of my files because um, it was the quickest to get to. I scheduled this show so fast. And um, on these notes, I didn't even say which translation this is. I'm not absolutely sure. I'd have to go look. There's some ways of describing this verse that's, that are somewhat um, somewhat more poetic, but I'll use this version. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So that's really talking about, you know, someday we are going to see this all, and we're going to see one another, and we're going to realize that together we are complete. When we thought that we were incomplete, we actually will feel complete together and with God, with our Creator, with the multiverse. I say multiverse because more and more science, quantum studies tell us that there are multiple universes. It's tempting to say universe. But the universe is just one part of a multiverse, and even scientific evidence is starting to bring that to light. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the waves of childhood behind me. And of course, here we can speak just of being human beings together. Um, and, you know, it's so true. That space of not knowing. Sometimes children know things better than we do in terms of loving. But we are called to a space of maturity in these times. This is spiritual maturity to look for higher ground, to look for what it is that can truly help us as we make our way forward. And this is also talking, of course, about the afterlife, that when we're gone from this earth, we will see things that we couldn't see when we were here, as if we were children. But this also applies to our own maturity here. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. I love to think about that. I know it's talking about God, or most people would say we're going to see what the divine is clearly, not so, not veiled, because we're behind a veil here. We forget while we're here, but we're learning important things. Just think about what a challenge that is to derive God, to derive love, that kind of a powerful love, essentially from scratch. Because 
we are just seeing through a veil. It's not crystal clear a lot of the times. We see through our own imperfect eyes. But someday we will see clearly. And talking about seeing face-to-face, to me that is, and I'm sure I've said this in another program, namaste. Because when we really see one another, we celebrate one another. All of us, we celebrate who we are as human beings and the divine within us. That's what it means to see face-to-face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Wow, now that's a big verse if you think about it, or part of a verse actually. Okay, so yeah, it makes sense that someday, once we're gone from this particular life, we will know fully. And I'm sure many of us are looking forward to that day. (laughs) And I'm sure not a one of us totally comprehends it because it just isn't possible. But the other cool part about this is, even as I am fully known, what does that really mean? It means that we will need to drop all of our defenses and we will be known as who we are. Every imperfect thing we ever did, every loving thing we ever did, anything, and I think most of what is going to matter is going to have to do with relationships, less about achievements and material possessions and all that stuff. That's not going to matter so much. It's going to be about who we are, and oh wow, you know, we're it's going to we're all going to need humility at that point. That's a really important word. But we're all going to be in a space of love, an unconditional love. And so we can see, and most of all, by being fully known, I think one of the most important things is we will fully know ourselves and we will see how it was that the divine wove itself into our lives, how we opened up to it. Maybe some of us didn't seem to open at all to it, but you know what? I have known agnostics and atheists who are wonderful people and I'm not attempting to diminish this you know when I was younger if people are listening to this who knew me a long time ago and there are friends of mine who I know um, have followed me and on Facebook and things and it's like when in the heck did Susan become so spiritual no I wasn't like this before well I had a crisis you know I it kind of started with a, well, didn't kind of. Well, I've always thought about these things, truthfully, but I wasn't like this. That is absolutely true. When I was younger, I would not have felt comfortable talking about spirituality so openly, and I was still sorting it out. Even today, it's been hard sometimes to speak in these times because you just, it can be difficult. One of my goals for this radio program is indeed to reach as many people as possible. And so the goal is to find those spaces 
that will help us all together to see one another in a space of love. Because that's really, speaking of my own beliefs, I think that's the only way people really change. And history bears this out. Because otherwise, things just get revisited over and over and over. And we have to find a space where we are not in a place of judgment because this verse has not, these verses have nothing to do with that. It's about finding places of understanding, even when it's hard. In fact, it's very hard to do this. But we're called. We're called. It may seem naive, and yet we're called. There's that trust I was telling you about. That's where we need to be. That's where I need to be in this time. Even when I fail, I fail. I felt all kinds of emotions that I haven't expressed. But I always call myself as best I can especially when I'm speaking to you, those of you who are listening, I do my best to find that higher ground. But of course we're all, our emotions are all over the map right now. We're, this is a challenging time. I know this. But I'm calling us to the simplest of truths. That's what I'm doing. I'm calling myself as well. So being fully known means, you know, we're. I think that's also a matter of, wow, look at that special person. And every single person is special. Or look at the incredible hardship that person dealt with. Or, you know, things that we couldn't possibly have known. And yes, in my life, I had a brush with my mortality many years ago that was rather fleeting actually but it woke me up and I then sought a spiritual path I asked show me the way and that's when things started to open up for me and that's how I got on the spiritual path so I'm the same person you ever knew but I've had a life that's changed me and you know, if we could only learn to to care about one another, and I know people on different paths who care about me, you know, and I really appreciate that. And sometimes I can seem judgmental. Like sometimes I'll put out posts about rationalists, like I'm unhappy with scientists and think, although I'm not happy with science. I mean, not – actually, I – I think science is great when it's really looking for truth, but I want it to open up more. But sometimes I think I come across as too harshly judgmental of people who I have known and are still friends who are value that very much and may be called a rationalist. And, oh, yeah, I've been judgmental sometimes, I know. It's because my own life, has shown me some things. And I know it's easy for people to say that, well, you know, that's just what you believe. And it's true. I can't push anything on anybody else. I just want people to be able to see and to study the greater reality, what that is. And we need to really be open up to the unknown. We can't so often science just shuts the door on looking at things when 
I believe, and everything could be understandable. But we need to be open to studying those things. That's how science grows, by studying things that it thinks are impossible. In fact, that's exactly how science grows. And then all of a sudden, we discover, wow, that isn't impossible. Or that theory that sounded so ridiculous, well, what do you know? It turned out to be true. So that's what I call my scientist friends, too. But, yeah, I can be a little judgmental sometimes, and I, I'll I'll say that. That's one of my imperfections. It's just because I'm frustrated. I get impatient, and I need to remember to be patient, that things happen in the timing that they need to happen. Okay, the final, find the word to verse 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And that's really it. Let's talk about what remains. Faith. Well, you know, what is faith? People have faith in different things. Some people have faith solely in science. You know, I don't lack faith in science. I just have faith in the kind of science that actually wants to know the truth and really opens up to expanding. The type of science I don't have faith in is the closed-down variety that doesn't explore things or the kind that only explores whatever is funded and not the things that really could change our paradigm. And so faith... It's important. And for me, it's easier for me to have faith in the simplest of things. You know, when you are tested, it can be really easy to question if you have a very complicated belief system. And I certainly in my life have questioned things. But for me, that you know, then you're just taken down to your foundation. And what is that foundation? It's love for me. Of course we all doubt. This world is harsh. And it's like, why? Why? Why does this even exist in this way? We do question. It's the biggest question. And yet, faith sometimes, it, 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 it's not something we can fully explain when we have it. And it's not even usually perfect. I doubt it's ever perfect, and yet it exists. Hope. Well, hope is important. We cannot stop hoping. I always tend to hope, no matter how bad it gets. It's just we've got to keep hoping and love. But the greatest of these is love. Do you have faith in love? Do you want to have faith in love? Do you have hope of love? Do you want to hope for love? Do you want to trust in love? It's not easy. 
we fail. But when we persevere, we don't give up. And that's what love is about. That's what unconditional love is about. It trusts in us. Unconditional love trusts in the potential that we can be everything. Every single one of us can fulfill our greatest potentials our greatest creative potentials. Can you imagine what kind of a world we would live in if every one of us was able to use our talents to the best of our abilities, develop those talents, and bring them into the world? Can you imagine what kind of a world that would be? It would be amazing. And that's what happens when we love one another. We want, we cheer one another on. We want one another to rise to our highest potentials on this planet and to grow. And when we fall down, we help each other to get up. That's what love is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I always say I'll be right back soon, and I never really know when I'm coming back to the show. I could be back tomorrow. I could be back, it seems, you know, months from now. It's hard to predict, but I have a feeling it'll be sooner than that. And I, I just, I have to feel that I have something I'm ready to say. And right today, I felt it was important to talk about this again in a new way because every single time on this program, which began many years ago, what, in 2010, I always forget when it, when it began. We're almost to the 10th anniversary this October. From the very beginning, I started with this. It's a foundation. What are your foundations in your life? Are they strong enough? Can they hold up? Because that's what we need. And for me, and I believe, many believe, and I believe it is truth, multiversally there is no greater foundation than love. Unconditional love. It is the most powerful thing in the multiverse because it is the multiverse. It is the divine. It is omnipresent. It is what binds all of us together. We can never, ever sever it. It's indivisible. It's love. Thanks again. I appreciate you being here. Take care, everyone. 